Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A word of warning. This podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes some strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast covering high profile and under the radar cases from across the country every week. I'm your host, Anna Garcia. We are recording this on June 9th of 2021. Our guest today is a regular contributor to this program. Luis Bolaños, who's a former homicide detective, also worked the drug cartels for the DEA, has a long, long history of law enforcement and now has his own private investigation firm. But as we've said, a good friend of the show, a personal friend of mine. Lewis, welcome back. Hi, Anna. So good to see you. It's the only way I get to see you is via Zoom. Hopefully we can I, fix that soon. It's crazy, I know. Right? That's true. Yeah. We, we we talk many times a week, <laughs> always being updated on, updated on cases. And we're so thrilled that you're here today because you brought us a very personal case yourself. And uh, I know you've got a little sign behind you that says, Go Charlie, Go. Yes, ma'am. I do. I yeah. Do. Um, so these are the cases that we're talking about, and then we're going to talk about the really personal case that Lewis has brought us. So this week, we've got a California man who has received 15 years to life in prison for killing his wife. This is the amazing thing. After he killed her, he propped her up on the sofa because it was Christmas and then forced the children to open the presents in front of their deceased mother unbelievable story out of California. But first, we're going to discuss the case of 13-year-old Charlie Funes, whose photo of her beaten face went viral when another girl attacked her during gym class. You've all seen the photo. We're going to put it up for you. Charlie and her mother, Kimberly, are going to join us on this program in just a few minutes. But Lewis and I are first going to go over the details of this case and the background and, and how you how you got involved. Yeah. Uh, let's remind everyone what the case is, because once you see the picture, you'll say, oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that on my Facebook. I saw that on the news. This is a case out of Gardner, Illinois. And on May 17th, Charlie was in PE class when she says that she was attacked from behind and she was pushed. She will describe it to us. And, and as she's falling forward, she said she wasn't able to brace herself. So her face hit the concrete, knocked out two of her teeth. And you can see all the bruises and the scratches on her face. And her body was bruised. 
It's very troubling. She says that this girl had been bullying her for some time. This is a very important issue. We talk about it a lot. Sometimes it leads to very tragic endings. So, Lewis, how'd you get involved with this case? Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, that picture you just described and showed uh, is really what caught my attention first. Um, and, of course, I saw the word bullying on top of the, uh, uh, the social media hit on it. They got my attention. And so I read it. And I, I, as I'm reading, I kept looking at the picture and it just pulled at my heartstrings. I thought, here we go again, because I've been seeing this happening more and more and more. Uh, and things like this being posted on social media. And uh, when I read about not just the injuries, but what Charlie's mom and dad had claimed uh, that was not happening with the school administrators and the justice system. These are things we've all seen before, either together or separately, but it, it rang true to me on so many levels. Uh, and I, I, I just, <laughs> it reminded me of a case here locally here in Reno Valley uh, of another uh, young 13 year old boy. And I want to get his name right here, uh, uh, Diego, but he, he was 13 years old and he went to school in Reno Valley, Riverside County, California. And he had gone to school administrators just a few days prior to his attack to complain about a group of kids that were bullying him and physically assaulting him. They didn't do anything. Three days later, those same kids cold cocked him with a punch. He went down, his head hit a pillar and he died shortly after that. And now those kids, the guy that threw the punch are all involved in some kind of uh, uh, criminal case investigation, lawsuit, and you just see how this has the potential for having life effects for everybody involved. Thank God, uh, this is not what's gonna happen to Charlie. Her story's a little different, but it easily could have. So a lot of things went through my head. And one of the first things I really wanted to do is to reach out to Charlie through her mom and dad um, and let them know that there are people out there that understand and can help not just at get investigations, but you know very well, I do a lot of work as an ambassador for PAVE with the incredible Miss Angela Rose. Uh, PAVE is an acronym for promoting awareness of victim empowerment. And bullying is a big part of the assaults that we deal with uh, in the victims uh, through PAVE. Uh, so it's very rare to have a young person, a young lady like Charlie have the courage to speak out and make the decision to speak out and so we reached out and it, it maybe put some thought into it. And that's why I started the Go Charlie Go campaign. And it has just snowballed in, in so many positive ways. Uh, Charlie, I'll let her tell herself about a couple of cool things that have happened to her. Uh, but I think she feels confident. That's our goal to make Charlie feel confident that she's not alone. And that we will be monitoring her trip through this journey. Uh, and make sure that this case is addressed correctly, whatever the correct manner is. You asked me yesterday, um, Anna, do I think that the person that pushed Charlie should be criminally prosecuted, or is this just an administrative thing through the school? And that is something I think about every case. I think every investigator who handles this type of case, when it, you know it's kid versus kid at school, but it's not quite. So I don't believe that the the child the child that pushed charlie should be given a, a, a get out of jail free card or uh, 
be punished severely in the justice system. And this is something that I've discussed with Charlie and her parents. And that's what caught me in my first conversation with them is they're not out to destroy that girl's life. They're out to make the environment safer for every child at school and to make sure they, these kids, when they make contact somebody are heard and respected that I'm scared. I got something brewing here. Please give it the attention it deserves. Um, well, I, I think, no. Lewis, the, the question here is very complicated and very layered because you're dealing with young people right. and young people don't always make the best or the smartest decisions. And you have the opportunity to fix, correct, guide. And but at the same time, there must be consequences for actions. And part of the problem here is that Charlie and her family feel that there hasn't been justice in this case, meaning that our understanding is that uh, the girl who struck her and pushed her got a two-day suspension and then had to finish out the school year remotely. Well, is that appropriate for such a physical event? I don't know. We're going to discuss that. I know that everyone who listens and, and certainly those who watch on YouTube are going to have a lot of opinions about that, about what we do about this. So let's take a moment now to get Charlie and her mom into the discussion and hear from them what they think should happen. Well, Charlie and mom, Kim, we are so happy that you are with us. Charlie, first, I just want to go to you. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Good. Yeah. How, how are your teeth doing? They're getting better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I bet there's a lot. Did you have to have them fixed or are they already fixed? Um, no, she doesn't have them fixed yet. We go back to 21st. We had to wait a month to see if the teeth, if the one that's broke, waiting to see if it turned black. And then they were watching two other on the side. Yeah. Because yeah, sometimes... her, her gums her gums were swollen pretty bad. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Are you having trouble because of your teeth? Is it hard to talk because of what's happened to your teeth? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's just got to make it even tougher as you're trying to describe to everybody what's going on and you're struggling with your broken teeth. But that will get better, Charlie. It will. Absolutely. It will get better. And we really appreciate it. And I want you to know that everyone's very patient and really wants to hear what you have to say, despite the fact that it's hard for you to talk through your broken teeth. So um, we're so happy that you're here. And we thank you, Charlie. And we're happy that you're on the mend. Mom, if you can walk us through what was going on in the days maybe leading up to this, because you say that this girl had targeted Charlie. Why do you think she had targeted Charlie? This girl started, she was here in fourth grade and she moved away. There was a lot of problems then. She came back this year and she started on a Charlie's friend who has spinal bifida. And she couldn't get nowhere with her. So she started on Charlie. For months, she would push Charlie, pull Charlie's hair, call her foul names. This went on. I talked to the school once about this. Um, then Charlie would say, Mom, let me handle it, because if, if you keep going to the school, it's just going to get harder on me. So that morning, I got up like any other day, went to work, 
Mary gets Charlie off to school. I'm at work and I work in the office and I get a phone call from the school and thinking what's going on. And it's Miss Perard. She's a third grade teacher, but she was acting principal at the time. And she goes, Kim, I have Charlie here and she's got some scrapes on her face. Her and another kid collided. I said, well, how bad is it? And Honestly, I can't tell you. I don't remember her response. But then her next question is, has Charlie had any issues with any kids at the school? And I said, so she collided with this child. I said, I so I named the girl's name and she goes, yeah, you're right. I said, can you have Charlie call me on her FaceTime? Let me see how bad her face is because I'm thinking scrapes. And she says, yes, when then Charlie's in the background, no, mom, you took my phone because I was on Snapchat last night when I wasn't supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) So she goes, Kim, I'll go get my phone and I'll FaceTime you. I looked at her face. I almost went down on my knees. And I live, I work 45 minutes from home. Now, Mary's always been my backup. And Mary you know, is who? Just so people are following Mary at home. Mary is Charlie's oldest sister. Mary okay. is my support system. Yeah. Um, so she's out of town working at a convention. And I said, I'll be there as soon as I can. Now, I didn't know the severity of it. I just seen blood and whatever. So I call my husband and I tell him he meets us there. and We go in. She's sitting in the office and she's crying. And she opens and she says, mommy, and I see her teeth. I said, her tooth is broke. I said, where's the principal? And Miss Perard, the teacher, Charlie had her in third grade. She goes, Kim, I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. I said, where's the kid that did this? She's got an in-school suspension today. I said, for this, call the cops. I said, but in the meantime, I got to get my daughter to the hot, to the hospital because I, her, her cheek was all swollen. And that's what I was afraid of. And I said, where's the principal? And he goes, well, he's in a conference meeting. He, it's very important. He, he's for like five minutes. He would tell the Miss Prada, I'll be out in a minute. I'll be out. Well, he never came out. So I went in and he goes, just so you know, this is very important. I have to be on this. I said, well, you need to call the police because this is an attack. She attacked my daughter. And he's, he goes, we can't do that. I can give you the phone number. I said, well, give me the phone number. It's not emergency. I said, but I'm headed to the quick care, well, immediate care in Cole City. So on my way, as I'm walking out, I'm calling, and the police, the lady, the dispatch says to me, go ahead and take her and get her checked out, and I'll meet up with you after. So in my mind, honestly, I never, I never thought why they didn't call the hospital at that point. My concern was I got to get her to the hospital. So we went into media care, in, which is really close to the school. It's like 10 minutes away. And the nurse and the nurse practitioner came out and said, Kim, take her to emergency room. So we went in and they did a cast scan of her head and her face. Nothing's broke. Everything looks good. So then we called the dentist and... 
the dentist says, well, and her face was really, as you've seen the pictures, her face and her mouth was pretty bad. And Charlie's very sensitive anyway. I said, he goes, you can bring her in. I said, can we do this on Monday? I said, let's give her, this was on a Thursday. I said, let's do this on a Monday. So that way, you know, she calms down a little bit. He goes, yes. So I come home. It's now five, six hours later and Grundy County deputies came and one was a woman, one was a man. They told me they'd seen the video. It's intentional. It's clearly intentional. She intended on doing what she did. But because she's a 13-year-old kid and this is her first offense that the state's attorney probably wouldn't even pursue this, that they're not charging her. And I said, well, this is her first offense that she got caught. This is the first offense that my daughter's face looks like this or any child looks like this. He goes, and they talked to me. They want to know where was the gym teacher. I still haven't spoke to the gym teacher, the class she was in. Um, and as a mother, my emotions are going uh, through the roof. I didn't know what my next step was. I just wanted to let her know that she's going to be okay and we're going to get make her okay. That was my main concern for Thursday and Friday. So Friday I called in and we spent Friday. I took her to get her hair cut and just because she didn't want to go out in public. She was embarrassed to go out in public because people were going to stare at her. Right. So I didn't want her to feel any worse than she had to. Right. Kim, let me I ask you something. Kim, um, can you zero in here on two things? One, how did the attack happen and you're telling me that there is video that proves that how Charlie described what happened to her is indeed what happened, that she was attacked from behind. So this is what, let me get to Monday. The head Grundy County Sheriff came to me on Monday after everything went viral. And he came in and he says, and he agreed to, he's the, he said, yes, this was an attack. He said, I seen her two feet go in between Charlie's feet, but the chest part he can't see because of the playground was blocking it, but they can clearly see in this video of the feet going in between her. Okay. Charlie, maybe you can explain to me what you were doing on the playground. This was what PE. So Okay. And so where are you? And then what's the first thing that you feel or see and what happens? The first thing we were running and the first thing I, next thing you know, I, you, she, I didn't feel her feet going between me at all, but I did feel her chest against me. Against her back. So like she body slammed you. She took, she took her chest against her back and ran over Charlie. <sighs> And next thing I knew, I was on the concrete. You were on the what? On the concrete? Yeah. Okay. So, Charlie, so so now you're on the ground. You say you weren't able to brace yourself. When you realize who it is that just did this to you, what are you thinking? A reason to do this to me, but I could not figure out why, though. Why has this girl come after you? I think she's, she's jealous of me. 
tell me how she's been mean to you. She has been pulling my hair a lot, and she would be hitting me, but not all the time. I wish she'd be like off and on. And she would call me some foul language. How long did this go on for, Charlie? Months. That must have been horrible. Must have been horrible. I read in all of the news accounts that you said that your friend who was with you tried to help you. She did help me. When Charlie was laying down on the ground, her friend seen her laying down and seen what happened. She come running over and the girl that did this came back to Charlie and said, what? That's not a big deal and I'll be fine. So then the little girl got up, the other little girl helped Charlie up and took her to the gym teacher. And the gym teacher said, oh my goodness, what happened? Right. And he let her side. So Charlie, this must have been really scary for you. Is this the worst of her attacks on you? Yes. Okay. Charlie, um, your mom said that she went to the school, tried to talk to the school, and then you asked your mom to stop doing that because it was making things worse. Explain to me why. Because, uh, I mean, I need to take, I know she actually want to take care of my problems for me, but I need to learn how to do that myself. That's hard. That's hard to always do things yourself. That That is, it's hard even for an adult. Charlie, can you help me understand what's been going on with this girl and how it has affected your life? When she was here in fourth grade, there's like a lot of girl drama and there's just a soul. There's a social worker at our school. She takes care of all like types of stuff. She takes care of drama a lot too, especially in fourth grade. That was the one year that she was there and she was drama. Charlie, what do you think should happen to the other girl? What do you think would be fair and right and just? I think it would be fair if she wasn't able to go to the school anymore. I mean, less bullying for all the kids. Do you think that the two-day suspension was enough, or you want to see her not have the privilege to go back to your school? I don't think the two-day suspension was enough, and I don't want her to have the privilege to come back to my school. Tell me about her allegedly bullying other girls. She would not do the same that she did to me, but she would be mean a lot to them. Like my friend, the one that helped me, she would just call her bad names. You know, I, I, okay, so we have so many things going on here. We have the incident, we have the, the challenges of trying to deal with a violent incident that could have been so much worse if Charlie had hit her head badly. That she was my been, Of course. That's what I told the police. And that's what it I told the school board. We could be dealing with a totally different scenario today. But I'm supposed to turn around and walk away. I can't. 
I don't so want nothing. I don't want anything bad for this kid. I believe this kid's got problems. I believe his parents are no good. They're not good parents. Get her help. That's all I want. Get her help. Because they couldn't. It, my daughter was lucky. The next one may not be lucky. I'm sorry. No, 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 not at all, Kim. Kim, what would you, so you want for her to get some help to help work with these anger issues. Yes. And do you think that a two-day being expelled? No. And, you know, the reason they they got two days, it moved up to two days, is because of my son's post on Facebook. So you all, your your son decided to post a picture of Charlie's face that went viral because you felt, you felt the school wasn't listening to you. This happened on Thursday. I've had three or four teachers come, not come to me, email me, how's Charlie, how's Charlie? Friday, I didn't hear anything from the principal. Still haven't had any conversation. Sunday, Monday, Monday morning, I said, I got to figure out what they're going to do with my kid. Am I going to, I cannot send my kid back with that kid sitting next to her. I can't. So I called the school, made an appointment and I went and he said, not made an appointment. He said, he'll be free at 10 o'clock. So my husband and I went, she waited in a car and I asked him, what is his protocol? What is he going to do to protect my kid? And do you believe that two days suspension for this violent crime is enough? And he told me that he can't give me any answers on what he does to another child because they're a minor. And that for Charlie, he will have teachers watching her. And my comment was that didn't happen too well the first time. Look where we are today. So as I'm speaking to him and I'm asking him about the video, about stuff, he says, I can no longer talk to you. I said, why is that? I need legal representative. I said, of course you do. So that was on Monday. And, you know, I had multiple days thinking, you know, what I should have done, what I could have done, what should I do? And I come home, my son, he came downstairs, he's 22, he came home from work and I was just upset and he come in and he goes, what's wrong? I said, we got to do something because they're not going to do nothing. They're just going to sweep this under the rug if I don't say something. So he goes, I'm going to make a Facebook post. I said, let's do it. And he made the Facebook post. That's when Lewis, I think... The next day, Lewis came to me and he doesn't understand his what he has done for me and my daughter. He's he's got that. Yeah, a lot of us feel that way about Lewis. Um, so he made the Facebook Facebook post and right now there's over five hundred and twenty five thousand shares. My sister-in-law put it on what Instagram and there's over a million shares. There's been a lot of people reaching out for her. Um, and, and I, I want to, you know, um, Lewis is here. So and we're talking about him. We might as well, <laughs> let's let Lewis jump in here. 
Kim, when Lewis reached out to you and offered help, how did that help you? How did that change things? I'll tell you his. He just told me, he said, good morning, Miss Funes. This is Lewis and telling me of Angela Rose. And he came across Charlie solo solo story. story and that he would like to talk to me and help in any way he could. He didn't know me. And we started talking and I think we messaged or talked once, at least once a day. He's a wonderful person. Yeah. And I feel safe talking to him and I don't know why. So Lewis, what moved you and, and what were you able to offer? Because in a situation like this, you have the police saying, look, it's unlikely that any charges will be brought up. Um, let the school handle it. Schools saying, well, we're handling it, but we can't tell you what we're doing other than the two-day suspension. So, Lewis, what is the recourse here? There's just so many things that went wrong with this, and I'm hearing some of this for the first time. Uh, a lot of it's familiar. We have talked about it. Uh, but I know some of the things that we can do to get things pointed in the right direction or whatever that is. Um, and, you know, right away, uh, Kimberly made it very clear to me uh, what the school did and I'm even more importantly, what they didn't do. And we've seen that before and we know how to address that. And I'm so proud of everybody that made the decision in this to take it on social media. Charlie, the courage to post that picture. And I know you were a big part of that decision to post that picture on social media with your brother, an amazing conversation out with your brother um, is what got our attention. I think is why you have a million plus followers and, and people rooting for you in your corner. But I know what we can do with that. And I know the work that we've been able to accomplish with PAVE, with Angela Rose. Um, we've seen this before with bullies. Um, and it, it, it's not easy for a victim of any age. And you said it earlier that uh, it, even adults have these issues and they don't know how to deal with it. But you are on the right track. And I can tell you have a strong support team around you. Um, and you're going to feel empowerment because of the steps and the voice that you decided to take. And your voice is going to be heard and respected, and that's something we can help you with. But I also wanted uh, Charlie to know, I, I mean, she get, you know, we do this a lot, and to get a call for some guy in Southern California named Lewis, I'm just a private investigator, and to offer any type of help, it's a, little, it's a cold call to its truest definition, and, and to gain that confidence in a short time, and I know there's a small window that's important to us so we can get in and help Charlie if it's even possible. And part of that includes, it's, it's incredibly important to let her know she's not alone. We And we started the Go Charlie Go campaign very soon after that. And I promised Kimberly that I wouldn't do anything without her permission. I wanted to make sure we were, that Charlie was in a proper, healthy place mentally and physically. And I, it was just a green line all the way. Charlie was, I think, excited about what could, the direction that we can go with this. Um, and, you know, I reached out, um, one of the first things I did with this campaign is reach out to the Chicago Cubs <laughs> and uh, just an email and a couple of contacts we have. And within 24 hours, because my first conversation with Charlie and her mom and dad, I asked Charlie, what is it you love to do when you're not at school? What are your favorite things to do besides dance? Right. Which is, uh, she's really excellent at but she loved the Chicago Cubs and she loves Luke Bryant. So we made it our mission to do something with that. 
just to let her know that you're special. What you're doing is a special road and you're setting the example for so many others that have been bullied. Not just kids your age, but adults could follow your, your example, how to deal with it. You're not looking for physical retribution or, or, or to harm this person who did it to you. You're trying to f- help everybody. And that's admirable. I don't, that's hard to find. So I applaud you for that. But the Cubs responded with a wonderful, beautiful letter. Uh, she ended up with uh, Luke Bryan tickets and some really cool pair of uh, uh, stuff that goes with it. I think I got a picture of you uh, holding a Luke Bryan uh, package. Uh, I reached out to Angela Rose from PAVE. She we put this beautiful passion, package together for you and, and she personally delivered it. Angela Rose delivered it to you personally. And you and I got to chat with, with Angela on the Zoom call initially. And, and you could see that, that what you see is what you get with Angela, right? So you're not alone. And my goal today, hopefully, is that you believe that. There's a lot of people in your group and you made it, your choice will be supported. Uh, but more than anything, you will be respected. As far as what I'm hearing about what the school officials did and what they didn't do, a couple of choice words I have for that. So I'll be careful because you're here, Charlie. Um, I'm, I'm not happy with it at all. Um, if I heard you correctly, Kimberly, uh, Kimberly you said that they – she was in school suspension. That was the first level. Yes. Yes. So I don't know where the heck that comes from. Never heard of that, especially on a violent assault like this. Uh, and the very first thing should have been medical attention. That didn't happen. I mean, trauma to the face. And I've seen it in my career. You can't take that lightly. It could have been a concussion. could have been all kinds of things. You, you can't call the police as a school administrator. What, where's the level where you can make that phone call? Again, I'm not saying that child should have been arrested or something, right. but there should have been some type of legal uh, uh, involvement, early, uh, judicial law enforcement involvement early on. God forbid, what if this other child who may be a victim herself of something else, there's something going on at home that caused that? Is, is that being dealt with correctly at home? What, what do your parents have to say about that? Um, I, I didn't realize, I, I, because I gave the example of the kid in Moreno Valley earlier, his incident was caught on video. So was yours, apparently. Kimberly, did you actually see that video that they showed no, to you? They won't let me see it. Yeah, I, I, I could see why it could be traumatic. However, uh, do you know if that was taken by another student or by school security camera? School security camera. Yeah, yeah. So I hope to hang on to it uh, because uh, you're going to need that at some point if this thing continues. I, I, I don't know how. But also maybe there's a, a lesson to be learned by viewing that, right? Uh, it, was it planned or there's a group of kids? I mean, I, I and, and what the way she fell, they could give vital information as to where to focus the, the medical attention on, right? Uh, the injuries that she go, oh, she fell, she twisted this way. Uh, I, I just, there, there's so many things here that went wrong. What's up with the school policies that, that needs to change on how to address these issues. And the fact that the principal wouldn't come out because he had something else to do, I, I wish I could say I haven't seen that before, but give I me have. a break is what I would say. Yeah, really, give yeah. me a and break. And I say shame on him. Not yeah. the school board addresses that correctly. I went uh, or the city. Mm-hmm. I did uh, go to the school board. Yeah, and uh, the school board says that they take safety very seriously. They've put out a statement, but from your perspective, do you feel that they're taking this situation seriously enough? When I went to the school board a week later. Charlie, Mary, and my husband, we went in and they made us speak in closed doors. They wouldn't let the 
other people in the Oh, class. interesting. They went into closed session. Why not make this public? What what needs to be discussed in closed right. doors? Behind so closed then, doors. So first off, I and I know two or three people because this is a very small community and on the school board. And the one guy goes, Kim, go ahead. And I said, we're going to start off with Charlie. And Charlie told him exactly what happened. And then Mary had something wrote, you know, about protocols and stuff like that. She went and she did some research and whatever it may be. And then I started and I asked, I looked at the principal and I asked him, when did you start investigating what happened to this? It's Charlie. He goes, I can't speak to you. We can't speak to you without legal counsel. I said, so my, this is a waste of time. Me being here is a waste of time. And the president of the school board says, no, Kim, let's hear your story. So I said what I had to say. And I asked, what would I asked them, what would you have done if this is your kid? Are you guys more worried about money and me coming and suing you guys than a child's life, a child's safety? I said, because next time it may be worse. Next time we won't need paramedics. Next time it may not be my kid. But you guys don't care. You don't watch. You don't look. The teacher turns his head. I mean, I told him plenty and I walked out. The reason I think that Charlie's case is so important is because it really, it shows you how systems are not always, and I say this a lot, even in the criminal justice system, that the systems are never really designed to help the victim. Charlie is the victim here. And trying to get to the bottom of what happened, trying to get reasonable accommodations for her at school, which would provide safety for her. All of these things have been ignored. And I feel that the only reason you got attention for this and got the school board to really pay attention and the school to pay attention is because you made this case public. And as I always say, it is the strength of the outraged and the angry chorus, the people who join and support with you and say, this is not right. You have to change this. This is a potentially dangerous, potentially criminal situation if it were to be even more serious than this. Yes. And I respect what you're saying, Kimberly, about you don't want to hurt this other girl and you are not out to have her arrested or any of these things, but you want her to get help. And I think, you know, that says volumes about who you are as a human being. You know, you, you, you want help for this girl, but you also want protection for your daughter. So what I want to talk about now is the fact that you made this public, you're trying to force change, but additionally, all of this love and beauty and kindness has come into your world, Charlie, because people who don't even know you want to support you, want to stand up with you and say, this is wrong. This is not okay, Charlie. How has that made you feel? It has made me happy and, to, and it made me realize even if they don't know me, that they're on my side. And there's a lot of good people in this world. Yeah. yeah. And I always say that 
love and kindness will always, always be stronger and outpower any bad or evil out there. I have to believe that in my heart. It's not always easy. It's a very mature concept and we all struggle, but I've been very touched by some of the videos. We're going to play one of the clips. Um, I love this one. This is a dance troupe in Canada. And uh, for those of you who are listening and not watching, what I love about this is the authenticity of the girls who put this dance number together. And what they did was they took masking tape and they put all these messages. They taped the messages on their t-shirts and their dance leggings saying that they support you, that you're not alone to stop bullying. I mean, every time I see that video, I just want to cry. What did you think, Charlie? It was going to make me cry. And this way, I think for them. It was beautiful. And then Lewis and Angela Rose at PAVE arranged for you to get this basket of surprise uh, that was delivered yesterday with Cubs tickets. Again, you've, you've, and you've had, what, a jujitsu lesson, I believe? People are offering to help you teach you self-defense. How's that going? That is going good. How oh, don't you love it? I love, at first, I was nervous. Then once I started learning stuff, I'm like, okay, this is fun. Towards the end, I'm like, okay, I'm excited now. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that's important. Uh, The idea that you can feel more powerful and strength in your own body to defend yourself, um, you know, may give you some confidence. My, My concern for you, Charlie, is you've said that you're hearing things and things are triggering stuff for you. What, what's going on? How, how are you dealing with that? Um, it's getting better now, but first it was not that wonderful. I was having nightmares. She still has problems with people who walk fast up behind her. Um, yesterday with her face, you tell them what you, how you feel about your face. When I look in the mirror, it just makes me upset about it. Yeah, of course, because you've suffered something very traumatic and and she has affected your teeth right now temporarily, right? And your speech temporarily. And yes, absolutely. And those are normal, very normal reactions, feelings you're having, Charlie. It's PTSD. It's You're going to feel like this for a little bit, but I, we've heard this before, and you will get over it. You will be able to deal with it. And mm-hmm. we can help you with that, especially through PAVE. Um, so just know that. Uh, you may feel like this now, but it is going to get better. And back to your jujitsu classes, you did get some pretty incredible videos. Go, Charlie, go videos from some jujitsu champions from Hawaii, Honolulu, Hawaii, from Palm Springs, to the Hot Springs, California, young ladies your age. Uh, that uh, heard, saw your story and felt the need to send their personal videos to you. So I hope you continue with that. You're going to love it. You are an athlete. You are an incredible dancer. I saw some of your videos. So I, you're, you're on a good path. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. You. Well, Charlie, we're so sorry that all this happened to you. We are very grateful for you for coming on this program with your mom and talking about something that is very difficult, but you've had the strength to share your story, which I do believe in my heart can lead to change, to improving things, which is what this program at its very heart is about, that we have the power within us 
when we unite to make a difference. And I thank you for showing us, the adults, the way on how to do this, because clearly you are a beautiful, kind, and just special young woman. And I thank you. And again, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Thank you so much. I'm your biggest fan, Charlie. Go, Charlie, go. Go, Charlie, go. (laughs) Well, Lewis, sometimes justice is not swift. It is very slow. And I believe this case is a perfect example of that. This one is out of Anaheim, California. A man is accused of killing his wife on Christmas Day 2011. And finally, 10 years later, he was just sentenced. Can you imagine a case taking this long? I can't imagine, right? It happens way too often. Um, But, you know, bottom line is they eventually got it right. Eventually. Wow. Unbelievable. So last week, 39-year-old William Wallace was sentenced to 15 years to life after being convicted of second-degree murder of his wife, 26-year-old Zizel Preston. Originally, he was charged with first-degree. The jury came back with second-degree on this one. Um, And part of the sentencing means that because he's been in jail for nine years waiting for the trial, the nine years will be credited toward that 15 to life. Right. We'll we'll see how long he actually ends up serving. So let's talk about the facts of the case, because they're they're rather unusual and they are for sure gruesome and disturbing. According to authorities, somewhere between December 24th and 25th of 2011, William Wallace attacked his wife in their apartment in Anaheim. She was hit in the head, according to authorities. Now, There were three children in the apartment at the time. Remember, it's Christmas. So these kids, certainly the older ones, they're waiting anxiously for Santa to arrive because it's Christmas Eve. So that's where their head is at. And, you know, instead of focusing on the joy of Christmas, they lost their parent, their mother on this holiday that will forever mar this holiday without question, and took their innocence away on so many different levels. The children, ages three, eight, and a newborn who was just seven weeks old, Lewis, were forced, this is the unbelievable thing, they were forced to open their presents on Christmas Day in front of their dead mother. Mm. Prosecutors say that William posed his dead wife on the sofa, put sunglasses over her eyes so the children couldn't see death in her eyes. And he then explained to the children, he said, mommy got drunk and ruined Christmas. This is what he tells the kids. Right. Now it gets even more chilling. This is what's so disturbing that during the trial, we have one of those children actually testify about what happened that night. So the daughter who was eight at the time is now 18 years old, and she remembers how her mother was cold to the touch. Right, right. And and that's that's partly because they determined that she was killed the night before and in the bedroom. So the next morning when they came out to open gifts and he propped her, um, to to pose her so that he could get some bizarre thrill out of it um, and com- continue with this power control. Uh, the child remembers specifically years later how cold her mom was. And that, that one is really tough to hear. But yeah. Awful. And 
there were other things that happened um, during the trial that, that were revealed during the trial. So the daughter said that the parents were arguing, that it then became physical, that the father pushed the mother into a glass table. And the daughter then told the court that the father and she, she's only eight, are pulling glass shards from the mother. And she testified, this is what the daughter remembers, that the father picked up the mother to take her to the bathroom to clean her up. And in doing so, he dropped her. Mm. And she hid her, she hit her head on the side of the toilet seat, which we know is about the hardest thing in a bathroom, that and the tub, right? Right. So it's unclear whether when she was shoved into the glass table, whether that was enough to kill her. If it wasn't, by the time he dropped her head on the side of the toilet bowl, it was for sure right. the final death blow. Right. Yeah. Um, apparently, that wasn't his first run-in with domestic violence. As he had a history. In fact, he was convicted for a previous charge of domestic violence. I'm not sure if it was with the same wife or not. Uh, he was involved in a, a, a divorce in 2008, I believe. I looked that up. Um, and that I think that's a different gal, but he has a long history with it. In fact, he did so much time, um, but somehow he was able to, to uh, hook up with another uh, gal and be exposed to these kids. Thank God they're physically okay. Mentally, they're going to have some tough challenges uh, from what they had to participate in their recollection in court and having to go to a court jury trial on top of everything else after losing their mother. It, it, it's it's really, it's excellent work by law enforcement to get to that point. The bottom line is that they finally got there. Um, but they're, I, I just have to wonder again, like we always do, how many times law enforcement had responded to that location, any location he was out because of domestic violence situations and how those documented. And if the court was aware of all of that, and if it was even documented on when it should have been, or if it was kissed off, uh, I, I just don't know. Uh, but it's interesting because she was going to school. She wanted to become a an advisor, a counselor for domestic violence victims. And she was almost there shortly. Uh, she was killed shortly before graduating. Isn't that amazing? Because yeah. I would think that, yeah. you know, who else would have the knowledge, the empathy, the understanding to say to someone who's frightened on the other side of you to say, I know what it's like. I've been there. Right. You know, th those are sometimes the strongest advocates for those who are suffering, but we see this over and over again on this program. Right. There will be a history of domestic violence and it finally escalates to the point of murder. We see it over and over again. And, and that's like with so many other instances of violence, the violence increases, it gets, you know, more violent and right. certainly within domestic violence, but outside of domestic violence. And, you know, the, the, there was a statement that was read to the jury and it was from lori galloway who was a former anaheim councilwoman but she also was the executive director of the eli home for abused women and children and she said that the mother zazelle attempted to escape from william numerous times i've seen this also personally you know, volunteering at a domestic violence shelter here in the greater Los Angeles area, where the location has always remained secret, because what happens is that 
the abuser comes looking for the spouse and the children. One of the ways they always find them is through school records. In this particular place where I volunteered at, they had their own internal school. So the women who were on the run and hiding their children, they had an accredited school on this facility. So the kids would not have to be enrolled in a public school where their abusive parent could find them. Yeah, it, it's a wonderful program, but it's sad that a program program like that has to exist. Yeah. Um, you know, you touched on it. Uh, he, he got credit for nine years served. So he could be out at relatively young age, which is scary because what does that mean? The cycle most likely will continue. Um, and somebody unknowingly will, you know, could start a relationship with man, this man and find themselves in the, in the same situation. And how do we prevent that? You know, is it? It is so hard, Lewis. It is yeah. one of the most difficult things that the, the intricacy of, um, of family dynamics and relationships, and we see it over and over again with women trying to get away from abusive husbands and going back, always going back. They get sweet talked back in. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. This time it's going to be different. And then it's not. And then it's not. So sadly, in this case, she tried to get away several times. She ended up going back. It ended up in the worst possible way. But finally, there has been some justice, whether it is yeah. enough, whether it's appropriate. I don't know. I don't know whatever is appropriate when a human life has been taken, but at least finally, whatever version of justice it's been served. Right. Once again. Once again. It is time for our comments section. These are the crime stories you all are talking about. And Owen Michael is joining us now because he monitors everything that you say across our social media sites and our website and Facebook. You name it. Hey, Owen. Hi, guys. Hi, How are you doing? Nice to see you, Anna. Nice to see you, Lewis. Good to see yes, you, we do, do get uh, comments across the board, and we try to read every single one of them. There's a lot. Um, so we've got a couple of uh, choices uh, this week. Got uh, Police said a nine-year-old girl and her four-year-old sister drove their parents' car onto a Utah freeway last week, exited the freeway, then drove over a median and crashed head-on into a semi-truck. No one was injured, luckily. Police said both girls were wearing their seatbelts. It's a nine-year-old girl and a four-year-old girl out driving uh, right around dawn. <clears throat> the girls told officers they were headed to California because they wanted to swim in the ocean, police said. Alexis S. said uh, she will probably be a NASCAR driver when she actually gets a legal license. Cliff T. said all these perfect people with no kids, just wait till you get yours to know what it's impossible to know. What goes on in their little heads? How is it the parents' fault when the kids got out while everyone was asleep? I should say that uh, in the comments, there was a lot of criticism for the parents uh, that uh, somehow that they allowed these girls to sneak out and do this. Uh, by all accounts, these girls snuck out of the house about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. So uh, you never know. Nikki Can you Key, picture those two having their conversation about how they're going to do it? Like, I so wish that I could have been a fly on the wall to hear these yeah. two discussing the plan, getting the keys, getting into the vehicle, starting it, and 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 like and going. I, yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah, little Thelma and Louise, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, interesting <laughs> conversation. We're, we're going to the beach, getting the right. car. It's, uh, it's just a couple of miles away. I'm mm. sure we can make it. What a thought um, process. We'll just take the car, right? Let's go. 
Yeah. And uh, our final comment here, Nikki P says, now some idiot movie star or celebrity will come forward and pay their family's way to California. Apparently, Nikki P is not a fan of California or celebrities or movie stars, but uh, maybe or children, perhaps. Yeah, it it does sound a little. uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, sounds something. Yeah. You know what? Kids do these things. Is it it's it just it does happen. I think that the you know, the person who made a comment about like, look, until you've had kids, you have no idea of the things that they come up with and and that they do. You know, you find them climbing on things. and You're like, what? (laughs) You know, and their little minds, they really don't understand. They just don't. You're going to tell me that the four year old really was could have stopped the other one and said, oh, I think that's a bad idea. Um, we should say too, uh, for the listeners, if you're not seeing this, uh, there's a couple of photos that go along with this. This is incredibly lucky because uh, truly, this is a head-on collision. It's a, it's just a four-door sedan uh, driving head-on into a big rig. The fact that nobody was hurt, the fact that they didn't yeah. get completely run over and demolished. I mean, it's it's absolutely astonishing. So um, you know, also all that ends well. Yeah, and I bet that truck driver must have been scared. Mm so frightened because when you're driving one of those things it's not easy to stop and turn right and so can you imagine the fear to then see these two little ones strapped in with their seatbelts? thank god thank god they had their seatbelts on the body camera from the from the police officer too is uh, he's kind of incredulous they're like pointing and they're like these two were driving this girl was driving they couldn't quite believe it right Um, yeah it's an amazing story thank god they survived Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Owen, thank you. Another great one. I'm sure we'll have even more comments now. Uh, Truly. Stop by and weigh in, people. Good luck. (laughs) See you guys next week. Bye, Owen. Thanks, Owen. Well, this was one heck of a program, Lewis. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything you do, for the way you get involved with stuff. Charlie's delightful. She really is. She really is. I'm, again, her biggest fan. Much more to come on Charlie. Stay tuned. Yeah, absolutely. I hope this does affect change. I, I really hope yeah. that it does. It's so yeah. important. Yeah. So, Lewis, now that you're going to be bombarded by people, where can people find you if they need help? Thank you, Anna. Uh, you can find our entire social media footprint at getbitinvestigations.com. So I welcome each and every person that reaches out and if we can help. We, we will. Excellent. Excellent. And you can find me at Anna G News, Anna with one N, and you can find our content on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and YouTube, of course. Get updates by subscribing to our newsletter, and please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're almost at what? Almost at 5 million subscribers. So exciting. So cool. Yeah, it's fun. And I love hearing from all of you, even when you're not nice. (laughs) Although I prefer more constructive comments. Until next week, this is True Crime Daily, the podcast. I'm your host, Anna Garcia. And as we always say, don't do crime. You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University, Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? 
Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University, Maryland's forensic science programs today.